Vox Quick Hits. Twenty twenty was a big year for police reform, maybe the biggest year ever. Protests across the country led to protests across the planet. Now, what all that extra attention on policing accomplished varies. There was some defunding, there was some rethinking, but it's most definitely a work in progress. And we've had at least two recent reminders of the country's open wound, both out of New York. A grand jury declined to pursue charges against two police officers who were filmed shoving a 75-year-old protester to the ground in Buffalo during last year's protests. And another grand jury declined to bring charges against any of the officers involved in the death of Daniel Prude. Prude died after police officers placed a mesh hood over his head and handcuffed him while he was having a psychotic episode on the street outside his brother's house in Rochester last March. Both incidents scream, there must be another way. And in Eugene, Oregon, they've found another way. They actually found another way like 30-something years ago, and the police are on board. Rowan Moore Garrity wrote about it for The Atlantic. So I wrote about a program in Eugene, Oregon called CAHOOTS, which stands for Crisis Assistance Helping Out on the Streets. And basically what it is is a mobile crisis response service that's integrated into their 911 dispatch system. So you call 911 for one of any number of things, whether it is someone having a mental health crisis in the street or somebody who just looks like they might be too intoxicated to get themselves home safely or perhaps even a domestic dispute. And based on the particulars of what you say, the 911 dispatchers might say, you know, this looks like a a call where instead of sending a cop, it might be better for us to send cahoots. And what cahoots is, is basically two people, one with a crisis or outreach background, the other with some kind of a medical background, whether it's a nurse, an EMT or a paramedic, on a van with first aid supplies, snacks, and just an approach that is all about de-escalation and connecting with the person at the center of the call. Okay, before we get any more into cahoots, I think we have to talk about the fact that this is a serious program in a serious place that is called cahoots. That is right. So the name is funny and it gets at one of the things that I think is vital in what's made it successful, which is cahoots is a program um, of a community health clinic that's been around since the 60s in Eugene. And that clinic, White Bird, really came out of the sort of hippie movement of that era. Uh, There was an earlier clinic in Haight-Ashbury in San Francisco that sort of pioneered this model of, hey, the authorities, the the medical establishment doesn't know how to deal with people who are having a bad trip. They're not sort of meeting alienated youth where they are. So we need to start a free clinic. So Whitebird began that way and has retained a lot of that counterculture institutional culture. And so by the time Cahoots was born in the late 80s, obviously it had matured a lot, but there was still a lot of, I think, distrust or at least the sense that, hey, we may be able to help more established institutions like the police intervene in people's lives, but we still need to keep our distance. And so the name Cahoots was actually a joke 
kind of like, hey, wink, yes, it's really us and we're really collaborating with the cops. <laughs> I mean, kudos to them because it still hits decades later. Jumping from the 80s to now, what does this program look like in the 2020s? So today, um, you would think that the Cahoots fans look and feel something like a kind of a lower tech ambulance. They carry first aid supplies, they carry snacks, and basically they drive around town. It might be somebody whose 13-year-old is cutting their wrists and they're not really sure what's going on. You know, it could be um, someone with schizophrenia in the midst of a full-blown psychotic episode. It could be a death notification it could be really any number of things. And so it's a good way to both appreciate the variety of things we call on the police to do. And also when you see someone with a very different skill set approach those same tasks, just how different those calls look from the ones that make the news. And you got to witness this firsthand back in August when you went for what, a ride along in a Cahoots car? Yeah, so I followed um, Cahoots on two shifts, one overnight and one during the day. So when I rode along, the first shift I went on started about five o'clock in the afternoon. We went and gave one man first aid for some cuts on his hands. Uh, This is a guy who's living outside. We went to the campus of the University of Oregon to a, a call where the police and the fire department had already been because there was a young man who people kept sort of being, I guess, for lack of a better term, sketched out by. A guy who was laying on the grass, you know, according to the 911 call, acting erratically. When we got there, he was laying on the grass, kind of taking a nap. But then there was also a little pile of latex gloves burning by his head. And by the time we pulled up, he was sort of poking at it with a knife. And so that was one of those calls where you could say, oh, my goodness, if the police arrived here, it would be a completely different thing. And what happened um, in that instance is the medic in the cahoots call, Chelsea Swift, walked up, pulled the knife out of reach because the guy didn't seem too worked up about anything, sat and talked to him, and we ended up just giving him a ride back to the middle of town. It wasn't that there was anything in particular he kind of needed, but it was very clear that his behavior was alarming to some people on campus and that maybe it wouldn't be great for him if he stayed there and continued acting that way. Cahoots sounds super functional, but police alternatives are pretty controversial elsewhere. Do people dunk on Cahoots? Does it have detractors in Eugene? In Eugene, it's actually remarkable. It's very hard to find anybody who wants to say anything bad about Cahoots. Really? For the most part, people like it. They rely on it or know people who have relied on it at the very least. Or perhaps if you're a business owner downtown, you know, you've relied on it by sort of getting somebody else help or something like that. But I'd say the number one drawback is people feel like it's a resource that there should be more of. And I think one of the things I've been heartened to see this year is we're starting to see our society do a lot more critical thinking around how we engage with 911. You'll see signs up on people's fences that say, don't call 911, call this community resource. And in a way, people in Eugene who say, call 911 and then make it seem like you don't need the cops when really the cops are gonna wanna be there, they're doing the same thing. What they're trying to do 
is respond to or avoid the risk of police violence if things should escalate. And I think we are at a moment where we have a real crisis of legitimacy in some places and with some communities in terms of that 911 response. If people just broadly don't trust your 911 system enough to opt into the right parts of it, then it's not just that they're misusing it, but it's that the system is not necessarily handling things in a way that it should. In other words, if the risk of police violence is so great or is perceived as so great that telling the truth about your emergency could get someone you love killed, then we really need to recalibrate. That was an excerpt of Today Explained. To hear the whole enchilada and others like it, check out Today Explained wherever you check out your podcasts.